right. It is time to hit the timeline again this week. Uh, I'm your host, Drew, at, under, at DR underscore PRA, and I am joined with uh, Kane Fassell at Debbie underscore Kane. Kane, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm uh, ready to talk a little bit of football. I think my wife is at the point where the NFL draft just needs to be here so she doesn't have to hear about these players anymore. <laughs> is she reciting a draft order in her sleep at this point? or No, I, I think the thing that, that like signifies for her that the draft is coming is I start talking about the movie Draft Day without watching it. Right? Like That's yeah. the big thing where it's like, oh, the NFL draft is coming. Yeah. She goes, oh, when are you going to watch the movie? Because I watch it at least once or twice before every NFL draft. So she's she's aware it's happening. Um, so next week, uh, sometime during the week, draft day will be on. and Movie night. Yeah. And she likes the movie. Yeah. It's, we've been together now, you know, nine, ten years. So it's been that many years of watching draft day, which like realistic it's not a realistic movie but it's the closest we have to anything draft related Mm -hmm. like that's dramatized so we're just going to keep watching it until draft day two comes out (laughs) if if we can ever get a draft day two i love it i love it i don't think my wife has watched it ever and maybe this will be the year she hears me talking about it and she's she's got a different show on upstairs but i think maybe we'll we'll get to it this year and she she enjoys costner enough i think she'll be able to to stomach it at least once yeah the drama's good Right, like it's the dramatization of it is pretty good. So, you know, she likes that. It should work. The football isn't like the main part of the story, right? It is, yeah. but it isn't. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of a lot of draft day tweets coming up after the weekend, I think, as yeah. well. So, can't wait to see. I've already seen a couple of uh, post-it notes. No matter what, post-it notes edited and posted oh, yeah. on Twitter already. So see where uh, see where the the community lands there oh i so. have one here that i made it says mere white no matter what um so all right we're ready that's awesome uh well yeah so not a whole lot in the news that i saw this week you know earlier today it looks like debo finally came out and everybody was speculating after he updated his social media and stuff and looks like he's requesting a trade um i didn't know if you had any thoughts there of is there anywhere you think would be a great fit for him if he or if slash when he moves on um I don't know what would necessarily be the best fit, right? The, the big reason why he wants to trade, it's not just money related. He, he also just doesn't want to be used in this hybrid role, um, wants to be a little bit more of a true wide receiver. Um, so that basically tells me that we're, he wants to look at more of a, a not as a progress, not as progressive thinking offense as, as what he currently has, um, which is weird to say. Yeah. Right. Um, so I I think, you know, that could be a place like the Packers might be in the market for wide receiver. Granted, they have a lot of picks, so that um, they they could take wide receiver there. Um, I I think the Jets would be a little interesting. Um, you know, okay. you would be going back with Robert Sala or Saleh. So, you know, their connection there. I I really don't know where he's going to end up landing. Um, I saw someone say, "Well, it would look great on the Vikings," and I agree. <laughs> That would be a hoot. Yeah. But, For those of you who uh, aren't aware, uh, Kane is diehard Minnesota through and through. Gophers, yeah. Sky Yuma, right? Yep. Uh, I actually had a, a friend down here in Tennessee from the Twin Cities. He's back there now, and we we have a we had a Sky Yuma Dynasty League for a few years. 
Yeah, so it, it was all it, Minnesota themed. Yeah, it's a blast. I, you know, I, I love it. Um, but I, I think the interesting thing that that kind of came out with this Debo news though is that he kind of requested a trade a week ago, right? And so it's interesting that the news is just coming out now when it happened a week ago, um, and. I, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that uh that there's some some tight lips. Yeah. In, that's in the usually 49ers stuff that comes out pretty board. quick. So yeah. and then I I think I saw a tweet or something, maybe I don't know if it was in our in the Discord that I'm in with you all that uh he might wait until he finds out where Baker Mayfield lands. Huh. Which uh that that was a quick uh I'd like to know more and what he sees there, but I don't know if there's a college connection or something in the past where, you know, they, nope. they had any kind of uh, reason to, to like each other there, but yeah, we'll see. And uh, you know, it, assuming he's out, what do you, what are your thoughts on what the 49ers do then? Do you think they, they draft someone to replace him? Do you think they just kind of roll what they've got, see what's uh, in the, the free agent market later on once the rookie draft is settled? Yeah. I think they end up drafting someone. I think they were going to draft someone regardless right they had two wide receivers and and not really a lot after that yeah. um between Ayuk and Debo i think overall um with with just what the landscape is right now like obviously Ayuk gets a bump but i think the most realistic bump there is is for Elijah Mitchell right because you're taking yeah. away the one person that was probably going to carry yeah. the ball the most besides Elijah Mitchell um so you know, I think wheels up on Mitchell. I think he's still great. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. Overall, um, they've been linked to quite a few wide receivers that can kind of do some, you know, well, it's, whether it's Velas Jones Jr. or a few different guys that, that can kind of, uh, you know, both do some special teams work and wide receiver and are a little more versatile. I'm so curious to see what this is all going to do. Um, remember that they still have Kittle, right? We didn't yep. have another time where we didn't have Kittle for a full season um was banged up again um so if Kittle is a full season healthy like I don't necessarily think that they need to go out and get a big time wide receiver um if Debo's gone because Kittle has been doing that for years yeah um and I think just with the addition of Trey Lance into that offense I think um I I think that's just going to change so much for their for their offense for the better um, obviously Debo hurts, but I think realistically it's not, it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, they are progressive, right? So you, you trust that Shanahan's going to figure something out. He's going to yeah. craft something around the talent that he's got. And yeah, it is, it's kind of counterintuitive these days. We are, you know, Debo's hoping for something more vanilla where he gets to play that traditional role. Like you said, where so many other players, I think are hoping to get a coordinator or uh, a progressive minded coach in, in their system. So, yeah. Very cool here. Uh, we have uh, Ridley Truther, who's been in and out of a couple shows. I think I was in the chat with him watching uh, Nelly an hour ago, uh, asking, you know, do you think that the 49ers draft another running back, running back, which seems to be kind of their pattern? Yeah, like I can see that, a day three running back. Um, I don't believe Mostert is under contract anymore. Is he? I don't think so. I thought he was out at this point, but maybe he's still there. Um no, yeah, he's with he's with the Dolphins. So, yeah, realistically, yeah, they could do that. Um, I think if they draft one, that basically says everything we really need to know about how they feel about Trey Sermon. 
right? No. Not just from a health standpoint, but just about as a playmaker Culture. standpoint in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's basically out if if they draft another running back because they still have Jermichael Hasty as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I don't know. If, was there anything else that you had on your mind as far as news goes or anything else that you've kind of seen uh, as you had your ground of the ear leading up to next week that you wanted to throw out there before we dip into some questions for you? No, I think that's that's probably the biggest news right now. Um, just ready for the draft. I'm just ready for it's, it. Yeah, it's it's that time. I think we start getting the itch and get real excited early this month, and then we we underestimate how long four weeks really is to get there. Yeah. Um, so cool. Well, let's, let's jump in here. Uh, so I saw both in the discord, uh, which I don't know if you want to, uh, elaborate on that at all or share, get some folks in there, some more folks that you guys have blown up quick in that discord on how many people are in it. And then the, the secret shopper side of it. Um, but you posted there and on Twitter today earlier, just your current thoughts and a quick note. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to uh, go deeper into any or all of some of the, the points that you have here on your yeah. current thoughts for the rookie draft. Yeah, so first I'll just mention, like you mentioned, we we have a Discord. Um, the most important thing that Shane and I, Shane and I were talking a lot about how we, you know, wanted to not just grow the podcast, but wanted to uh, have an environment where people just want to talk about football and want to help other people. Um, and the most important thing for that was that most of it was free, right? That was that. the biggest thing. Um, so we wanted to make the main part of this Discord absolutely free. The only thing um, that we, we have a secret chopper program where it's $25 for the entire year um, because we Steel. don't want people to spend a lot of money. Yeah. That that was the big thing, too. Um, and and for that, you get our Devian rookie rankings, which the rookie rankings will be up um, pretty soon here. Um, I think Nellie's are already up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get the Devian rookie rankings and then you get Nellie's entire anal- analytics database, which is if you're playing in a C2C league, or Debbie League, it's exceptional. Um, so really happy that we have him doing all that. And then just another podcast where we really talk about nonsense, right? It's a lot of nonsense, and and we have an absolute blast doing that. Um, and that's just for twenty four dollars a year. Um, but there's so much other things, you know, that are that are absolutely free that are just constantly going off um, in in the Discord. So we're really happy with that. I think currently we're sitting at over five hundred thirty people, and we started at the beginning of the year. That's wild. Um, so things have gone absolutely nuts, but, um, like kind of like you alluded to, I have current thoughts on the rookie drafts. Um, these are just my thoughts. I'm just going to list them all and we can kind of talk about any that you feel like, but the first thing is that running backs are going to go quick. Right. And I'm not, not just talking about like all of the running backs. I'm talking about the good ones, right? <laughs> They're going to go quick. We don't have many of them. Yeah. Um, second thing is I'm going to draft a lot of wide receivers in round one and round two like that i'm going to be drafting mostly wide receivers because those running backs are going to be gone if quarterbacks fall i'm going to gobble up any round one quarterback that went in the first round of the nfl draft quarterbacks in round two that go in round two and round three of the nfl draft are going to fit in early to mid round two provided that the landing spot is you know kind of gross um, if the landing spot is great like matt Crowell to the falcons is my example i'm going to move them up um so then i would be looking at um you know, kind of that back four or five picks of the first round where I would be kind of looking at them in the first round. Um, I don't have any interest drafting wide receivers in day three. Okay. They just, there's no, it's not helpful. 
Like draft, we we see it time and time again, right? Where we think that that some wide receiver on day three is going to do it, right? Diami Brown yep. was the guy. Like, sure, some hit, right? We realize that some hit. We get that, um, but you know, one out of sixty yeah. isn't isn't necessarily what I want to go for anymore. Yeah. Um, and then you might be wondering, well, Kate, what are you doing rounds three, rounds four? Um, I'm taking any other quarterback that might still be on the board um, that got day one or day two uh, draft capital. And then I'm gobbling up running backs and tight ends, um, especially guys that that can be second in the depth chart, not just running backs that are second in the depth chart. I want tight ends, especially in the tight end premium leagues that we're all starting yeah. to play in now. I also want the tight ends that can be second in the depth chart as well. Yeah, um, because if they're second behind, you know, Zach Ertz, well, Zach Ertz is 372 years old. So, right, like I want to yeah. find any of those times where I have a potential for a value gain only spending a third or fourth round pick, right? And we yeah. know that running backs, they're one injury away from being worth a second round pick, being worth yeah. a late first round pick, depending on on the uh, kind of length of that injury. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with my current thoughts on rookie drafts. It might change a little bit um, depending, but from what I'm hearing, a lot of what a lot more wide receivers are going to go um, round one, round two of the NFL draft than were originally anticipated. Yeah, that's something that Shane put in the Discord, right? He has a, yeah. a guy that he's following that kind of broke down uh, groups that he expects in each round, and yeah, it was pretty wide receiver heavy in the first and second. Yeah, um, when you're when you're talking about round one guys that are have just clear round one buzz, four wide receivers. Round one, round two, another two wide receivers. Round two. We have a guy like Sky Moore, round two, round three, five more wide receivers, right? Round three, two more wide, two more wide receivers. That's a lot of receivers that are in that bus. Not to mention, right, the one offense that will really love one of these guys, right? Yeah. And just kind of shoot them up. Um, so I think it's going to be really, really interesting for for pass catchers. Um you know, and we can go into who some of these names are a little bit later too, but I think it's going to be really, really interesting with the wide receivers. It's, it's going to be fast. There's going to be a lot of them going. And as soon as a couple go, yeah, I feel like runs. Yeah. We're going to see quite a few. And I think that first run almost starts just as we get into double digit picks. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw here, so you're going to draft quite a few re receivers in round one, round two for yourself. Is that because you like that many or is that because you want to take that many shots and hope that a few of them may hit? I, I like quite a few of these wide receivers. I think what it's really saying is that there's not enough top tier running backs that are worthy of a first round pick for me, a first round rookie pick. Right. If realistically, I think there's three, maybe four that I like. And yeah, I think like is a Question strong mark? word. <laughs> I think likes a strong word. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have you'd the be three okay that, taking. Yeah, you have the three that are always talked about, right? Well, the main two: Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. I still like Isaiah Spiller, um, but he's at four for me. Um, yeah, and I like Rashad White. I think he ends up going day two. Um, right. A lot of that is dependent on what's that draft capital going to look like. What team is that going to land on? Yeah. Um, a, a lot of those things, but and then we don't have really any solidification on the quarterbacks yet, which is even more scary for super flex leagues, right? We're what eight days away and we have no solidification on kind of where these people are even at with in consensus at the quarterback position. So I think yeah. um, that 
that added in, right? If I estimate, right, four, let's estimate four first round quarterbacks, which might be crazy high, yeah. right? We might see two and that would two, be wild. Right, yeah. That would be the first time that's happened in years. Well, since Mariota and Jameis Winston were James, the only two yeah. quarterbacks. Um, but so let's say four first round quarterbacks, I would have those four. I'm drafting maybe two or three of those running backs in the first round. Um, that means half of the draft is wide receivers. Yeah. Right. So it, it's not that I like, I do like some of these wide receivers. I, I like quite a few of them, but it's just basically saying that there's not enough of the other positions in, in numbers, um, compared to the 12 picks that we have in the first round. Um, so I'll be drafting a lot of wide receivers and, um, and that's going to be consistent through round two. You uh, do you, how do you have your wide receivers broken up for the rookie draft? Do you have is there one far and away? It feels like Burks was that maybe a month or so ago, and now he's kind of sliding around a bit. Do you have a couple that you like, kind of like one A, one B, or do you just have a, a a glut of four or five kind of in that first tier? A group yeah, of second so I have, tier. I have a one A and then two one Bs. Okay, kind of how I have it right now. So I have Garrett Wilson at the top. I think if we just look at the skill sets right of, of these wide receivers. Um, Garrett Wilson feels like the guy that can be put in any offense and be productive, right? Because every offense needs that guy that can catch a hundred passes yeah. a season, right? The guy that can handle 12, 13 targets a game, right? You always need those guys. Um, that's Garrett Wilson because he can always get open. Um, so he's, he's that guy for me. My okay. first one B is Drake London, uh, just an exceptional talent. Um, I've been a fan of his for years um, and Traylon Burks is, is right behind him. I think what's fun is those three wide receivers are so incredibly different. Yeah. Uh, but they're still all very, very good. So those are kind of that top tier. And then, you know, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, um, you know, the George Pickens, the Christian Watsons um, are all like that next tier for me. I think feel like that next tier is large. Yeah. Um, for me. Um, so I, I think draft capital will probably kind of move Jameson Williams and Chris Olave towards those top two in, in that for me. Um, but that, that would just be my initial guess. Yeah. That's uh that kind of segues into, we can go back to this list here, but uh, you put a, a tweet out a couple days ago, you know, what if a team could draft both Olave and Wilson, uh, you know, a team that has a couple of mid to late first team that needs wide receivers, somebody with a, an MVP caliber quarterback. Did you have some place in mind here that you're thinking about? I feel like if both those guys went to the Packers, right? <laughs> As a Vikings fan, it pains me. But like, think about what the Packers do, um, how how they both need someone to stretch the field yeah. and work underneath. And having two people that can both, that can do both of those roles, I think would be incredibly important, right? Um so that's, I don't know. I just thought that would be a fun idea. I was like, yeah. because there, I saw some tweet about imagine having these two as your wide receivers in college and you can basically run whatever play you want. Yeah. It's like, you're right. It's like, well, why can't you also do that in the NFL? Yeah. Um, so I think it would be curious. It's going to be really difficult for that Packers to make it, make it happen. Cause I think Garrett Wilson just goes higher than the Packers first pick. Yeah. Um, but Chris Olave could definitely be in play for the Packers. Yeah, and I don't know how much of it's intentional recently, 
or if it's going to become a fad, but you see some of these college duos, whatever the duo is, right? You see Lawrence and ETN, they're excited about year two in Jacksonville. You know, Burrow to Chase seemed like that just was an automatic connection. They had, uh, you know, they had things connecting that other duo, quarterback wide receiver duos take three or four years to to put together, right? So to have a couple of route runners that can play off of each other, know each other's tendencies and how to run around each other to get open. And then a guy like Rogers, who's an absolute technician can get it there would be, right. that would be exciting. So well, yeah. for, for the NFL. Right. And you can even see it. The reason why Devonta Adams wanted to go to the yeah, Raiders, exactly. right? his college exactly. quarterback and Derek Carr. So, you know, I, I think a lot of that, you can't beat that chemistry sometimes. Um, and you know, I don't know if it'll continue per se, but I think it's going to be interesting to see, um, if, if that becomes a tiebreaker, right. Um, if the tiebreaker ends up being, well, this, the quarterback we have played with this player, yeah, maybe that's a tiebreaker. And I, that would be an interesting, um, you know, an interesting thing. Cause you can always get that quarterback's thoughts on the player. Yep. Um, so I don't know, maybe that ends up being a tiebreaker in draft rooms who knows yeah be, who knows what be they awesome talk about be a, a fly in the wall there and in, in, in here yeah. i think some of us would be shocked and disappointed in what we heard and then you know i think the the academic and some of us would be just blown away by it's like watching golf and then you get the uh, the mic'd up caddy and the conversation before they pick their club and it's like who the heck talks like this out there you know yeah. um let's hit one or two more that you have here in your current thoughts um as far as rounds three and four, so mm-hmm. do you have a couple of uh, who are a couple of existing starting tight ends that you'd be interested in their backups? You you mentioned um, you know Ertz earlier. You know Kittle, of course, has always got some some injury um, that pops up. It seems like each season. Is there anybody else you you saw what if for people who held on to Albert O for a couple of years, right? They they got paid off this year, or yeah, they should have been paid off. They moved them by now. Uh, anybody else out there that? Uh, as a veteran tight end, you're you're eyeing up their backup, and who would you hope that would be coming out of this class? Um, yeah, so I think you could be looking at someone. Um, you know, I think Minnesota's interesting at the tight end position. Um, Irv Smith doesn't have a contract, a second contract. Um, he's been often injured. Um, I think that would be an interesting spot. Um, especially if they're going to continue playing 12. Um, I'm, you know, I think Green Bay is interesting too, depending on how long they believe that they can compete um, with just Robert Tunyon basically being that only guy, Jose Deguara really being more of an H-back. Okay. Um, there, that's a couple that kind of come to mind right away. I think um, the Chargers also interesting. Yeah, seems like it's pretty open there. Yeah, like I, they did get G- Gerald Everett, but like, so, you know, like it's like okay, fine, like, but if they get someone athletic, um, you know, I think that would be really, really interesting as well. Yeah, Ridley Truther's got a question here about tight end Jacob Harrison in LA still worth stashing? Sure. Yeah, especially if you're in a heavy premium. I think, like you said, most of us are. Uh, skewing more toward those 1.5, 1.75, sometimes two point premiums, which it's it's amazing what how okay you can feel with some of these guys that are tight end seven to fifteen now. Um, yeah. And he also had this one up here when we were talking about some of the rookie drafts. He's done eleven already. Good for you for drafting before the NFL draft, and every single second round has been 
I would venture to say probably after what, where do you think the cutoff is the top maybe eight or so is kind of consensus. And then after that, the wild west or what? Yeah. Something like that. Um, it's, it really is a mess. I'm just looking at the most recent mock that we've done, um, over on the discord and there's no real consensus and it really feels all over. Um, I think the the biggest thing that we'll get clarity with, right, is is the running backs. Like which running backs actually deserve to be second round picks, right? Just yeah. because we like Kyron Williams. You know, uh, yeah. I think draft capital will, will kind of be that answer. And then the quarterbacks, right? The quarterbacks are the other question mark. Yeah. Um right. How many will we see with day one? How many will we see early day two? Uh, if some of these are day three picks, like I assume Carson Strong will be. He's not a second round pick to me then. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's the biggest um, piece that I think we'll learn with with draft capital. Um, and like I said, I'm not taking any wide receivers that don't get um, day one, day two, day one, day two. So the rest of them I don't I don't really care about. I think the biggest one that's going to rise a lot is Alec Pierce. Would be my would be my assumption. Yeah. Um, because he's getting round two buzz and he's being drafted round four. Wow. Like round three, round four right now. So I feel like he's going to rise to a late second. Yeah. Pick. DLF has got him uh, right now ranked at wide receiver 15 in this class. Yeah. So I um, think he's going to end up being like wide receiver nine, eight or okay. nine. It's a good one to file away. I, I don't think I've gone that far down. I think that I'm looking at their current uh, rankings. Uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. Eric E. He's, the furthest, he's about as far as I've gone. I've, I've picked him up late in a couple of auction drafts for a dollar here and there. I'm a big fan of his. One of the bigger fans of his you'll probably meet. Um, I It's clear that day two is out of the realm of possibilities at this point. I thought there was a chance just because um, he's a really athletic tall wide receiver um and if he like went to florida or or tennessee he would be day two but um i think he ends up being like a round four round five guy and unfortunately then it's not yeah for me not Um, appealing there but he he's a very talented player um he had one really good year when he actually had a quarterback um so Curious to see what'll happen with him in, in this one, but uh, he's yeah. definitely a. I'm I'm a fan of his. I feel like we could be looking at round four draft capital. In, in I'm reality. guessing I probably read a little about him, or you had a link or something to him in the Discord, and that's probably where I first saw him pop up. Yeah, it was probably from Ian Cummings. Would be my guess. Um, okay. Ian Cummings is a big fan of Ezukanma, but I just. I don't think the draft capital is going to be there, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so when we're so like Ridley Truther, if we're doing uh, if we still have a couple of drafts left before the NFL draft, with everything being so all over the place, do you feel like this levels the the playing field for for people who are uh, maybe late to the party, or do you feel like uh, the folks that have really been maybe doing some Devi leagues or uh, really doing their research have an edge still? What's what's your take on you know do where how happy are teams going to be? that draft now a month from now 
Well, I don't know how happy they're going to be. Um, I think you have to make your best guess at what draft capital is going to be. And I think if you were drafting early, um, you're going to be a lot happier if you drafted a lot of wide receivers. Um, I think you might be disappointed when you draft when you're drafting running backs at this spot um, because there's going to be some running backs that went round four probably that that are going to be day two guys um, you know there's going to be a lot of running backs that go round three that might end up being day two guys and quite a few running backs that are, were drafted round two or around are day three guys so um, I think that's the biggest issue um, and also more than likely people reached for tight end if okay. they drafted early. Where where are you comfortable taking your first tight end in a rookie draft? Ooh, late second. Um, and, and that would be... Well, it, it's seeming like Trey McBride is the best chance to be a first-round pick, but if he's not a first-round pick, then it's, I'm probably not drafting one until the third. Okay. Um, because just the chances of a first-round pick tight end hitting and being like a top eight tight end is like 80%. When they're drafted in round two, it goes down to like 12. So like, I'm not, uh, it, it's a huge difference. I yeah. don't quote me on it. You'd have to talk to Nelly. I'm Yellow. just <laughs> guessing, trying to remember numbers that he yelled at me about. Um, but th- it's a huge difference. One of the largest differences um, between a one round difference of any position. Yeah, that's um, wild. Uh, so you mentioned Drake London earlier that you've watched him through his college career. You're excited to see yep. him get going here. Is there someone maybe a little less known that you've had on your radar since you, you've you been doing Debbie for a long time? You've been in the C2C leagues and stuff, and somebody maybe you've had on a roster you've been holding for two or three years that you're excited to see them make the transfer over to your NFL team and hope that they're maybe going to outproduce what some other people are thinking? Um, um, so here's – like this player, so the player is Zamir White, right? But to understand Zamir White's like trajectory since he came out of high school, right? That's, I think that's one of the things that helps to be like, you know, when you've done it for a few years. Because um, Zamir White was the best running back recruit his, yeah. his senior In year. His class, okay. Yep. He tears his ACL. In high school um still is you know it's just one acl tear no big deal um then he goes to georgia sits behind uh maybe some very good running backs that georgia has had they've had know, a couple like, yeah they have like a guy named deandre swift who's very very talented at football um you know they just seem to always have some guys that are just good at this right um and then it's Zamir white's turn and he you just think that he's going to be getting some playing time tears his other tears his acl again right so he's finally back healthy and you see him in this georgia offense and you're like well this isn't like super exciting right because now the georgia offense isn't really checking it down to to a running back and if they are it's james cook so it's like where does does amir white actually fit but then you know when they need three four yards when they need to put the game away, when they need to get a first down, all of a sudden Zamir White comes in with just an absolute burst of energy and picks up six when they need three, right? Picks up eight when they need four, right? It, it just all of a sudden he just is just amassing first downs and 
getting huge yardage on on first downs and really setting them up for short yardage on on run on uh, downs two and three. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, does he kind of have it again? And then he goes to the combine, and you're like, okay, he's got it. Right? This is the Zamir White that we thought he was. You know, when he was just coming into college, like we finally seen it. Um, we we saw it towards the end of this past season with Georgia. We saw it at the combine. Like he's that guy again. Um, and I think some people are going to be scared off by the knee injuries. Some people are going to mm-hmm. be scared off with like, where did this guy come from? Um, but he's very, very talented, um, you know, and he has been for years. So I'm just happy to see him kind of um, what seems like just healthy for the first time in a really, really long time. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at his ADP and DLF here. And from February till now, it's just pretty much straight up and to the right. So I think some other folks are getting excited as well. So I don't know if it was yeah. post-combine where people got uh, you know, bought in again. But um, yeah, as far as the injuries go, uh, are you concerned at all? It doesn't sound like you're too concerned about that. Do you have other other players that have had similar like high school and college injuries and have still, um, you know, I is it development in, of their body or what's going on there? I, well, if you look at Samir White, he's huge. Like he's just, a, he was a grown man at 17. Right. So um, I, I don't think it's like the development of the body. I think just in general, when when we're talking about ACL tears, um, it's difficult for people to come back quickly from an ACL tear. Right. And um, not everyone is going to be Adrian Peterson tearing his ACL than running for over 2000 yards Ridiculous. while being on a on a touch limit his first two games. Right. Like that's not that's not the standard, right? Um, I think when we see a lot of ACL issues, we end up seeing additional um, soft tissue issues on the opposite leg um, because you're favoring that leg a little bit more and you see a little bit more soft tissue injuries. Um, But in general, like there's probably some other guys that have done this exact same thing. Um, I just can't remember any of their names off the top of my head. Um, But yeah, I'm not worried about ACL issues at all. Yeah, it's it's wild over the last 10 years how how different we've approached a lot of injuries, but especially that one and what the timetables have come down to at this point. It's like, oh, you just tore your knee? Mm-hmm. You're fine. You know, it, it it's wild how just, you know, medical advancements have basically told us that, like, they're going to be absolutely fine and yeah. fine a lot faster than than we probably initially thought. Yeah, and it's not just pro-level uh, medical teams that are doing this, right? So, I mean, you look at a guy who's married in a top-five program at Georgia, and you, I, I trust that they've got probably a better medical staff there than some of the NFL teams do when you look at, yeah. I mean, Washington, for God's sake, right? I, I would rather send my my 20-year-old son to, to Georgia's team to rehab than probably to Washington's facilities to rehab. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, awesome. Uh I didn't know if there's anything else you want. A couple of our questions here that we got from uh, the timeline. We've got one in here from uh, Ridley Truther on Twitter as well, yeah. uh, just around some of the rankings and trades and stuff. But anything else for uh, the rookie draft or leading up to the draft that you want to put out there? Any, any new thoughts that have come to you in the last uh, week or so that you've been as you've been watching all this play out that you want to to share? I think we we pretty much hit it. I think I hit. Those are just all the things that I'm kind of thinking right now is kind of what we went over uh, a little bit earlier. So I think we're good. 
Yeah. I guess my last question for you around that is how, how do you stop yourself from overthinking it or uh, not letting, not letting the NFL draft sway too much, knowing how much time and energy you put into watching these guys lead up to next week. How do you kind of check and balance what happens next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so it doesn't swing the pendulum too far in, in a different direction for you? Yeah, it's difficult. I'm just going to tell you, it, it gets tough, um, right? Because we know, right, the correlation between um, between draft capital and fantasy production. Like, that that's a known fact at this point, right? Um, and we know that we want to get a payout on our investment as quickly as possible. That's why we like getting people that are going to what we believe to be better landing spots than, than ones that we have to work for, right? AJ Brown, we thought that was a terrible landing spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we weren't thrilled with Javante Williams' landing spot, um, but we loved Najee Harris's landing spot, right? Because they didn't have anyone. They yeah. literally had to give the ball to someone. Um, <laughs> and Najee was just the yeah. best one there. So um, I think, I think the best thing you can do is, Make sure, making sure that you're setting up your board beforehand, right? That you set up your board before the NFL draft. Um, and and if you want to move things around a little bit, I get it. The most movement that I'm doing is within a tier, right? So also try to create tiers. And I'll move people based on landing spot within a tier. But they're not going to jump tiers, right? So I'm not going to all of a sudden move... Uh, like Jahan Dotson because he went mm-hmm. to the Chiefs and be drafting him above Drake London or Garrett Wilson, right? That's not mm-hmm. going to happen for me um, because he was in kind of that low tier two, tier three receiver for me to start with. Um, he can ju- he can move up within his tier, but I'm not going to let him jump up a tier. Yeah, I'm not going to give him the CEH treatment. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I liked CEH before he was drafted like i liked ceh he was i think my running back three okay um but behind swift and and jt i i liked him um you know he just i don't know what's happened like to be completely honest with you um but i i think overall if, if you're just keeping in mind right especially when a lot of people do a ton of work right if you're a person that's watching all these players and you at some point you just have to believe in what you've done. Right. And and yeah, I, I watch all these players all the time, but I'm more rooted in value than just about anything else. Mm-hmm. So if if the value is saying that this player is now worth more, like player X is more worth more than player Y, well then I'm drafting player X over player Y, right? Th- that's just the way that it is for me because I care about value a ton. Um, but I think I think the 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 average dynasty player I think is is kind of on that same thought of well we have to trust where we had these people before and I know we're going to get into landing spots and people are going to be really excited but I think realistically they're like nope this guy's also still good yeah uh, yeah and it's going to drop him in a poor landing spot a little bit but not as much as it used to yeah and I think we still see that right where yeah. You know, a poor landing spot doesn't tank your value as much as a good landing spot might take somebody who wasn't as good before and shoot them up somebody's board. So just keeping that balanced, you know, as much as you would cushion somebody who you believed in before, don't necessarily overreact and, and launch somebody up that maybe you weren't as supportive of. Yeah. Or else you get Keyshawn Vond. 
or Trey Sermon. There you go. <laughs> Josh is going to love hearing that one. He had a he had a fun run with uh, one of our prior hosts around Trey Sermon last year. Um, yeah, let's jump into a couple of these questions here, and we'll we'll, we'll wrap this up for the week. Yeah. Um, so we'll take another one here from Ridley Truth, who posted this in our thread earlier. Uh, where do you guys foresee Goddard in the tight end rankings by week seven of 2022? Full year out from uh, Ertz's shadow. Hopefully, small step in the Hertz pass game. Uh, Ridley Truth are saying he seems to be the only one in my leagues high on him, and they're very high tight end premium, two and a half to two point seven five per reception. Uh, six. Okay, that's exactly where I had him behind. Uh, kind of the top five, and was it uh, Waller rounding it out for you, or who do you have in your top six there before him, or I'm sorry, um, top five before him? Yeah, so you know, Pitts, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Waller. Yep. Yep. I just traded TJ Hawkinson away in a two point per reception tight end premium league. So Okay. Uh I think I think Hawkinson it's gonna be difficult for him unless he get is continuing to get crazy amounts of targets like he was at the beginning of this season for him to actually put anything any season worthwhile of like a top six tight end. Um, but he's being valued as like a top four tight end almost. Yep. So um, I'm fine trading him away. Yeah. What would you uh, What would you hope to get with Goddard if you were giving Hawkinson away at this point, value wise? You can do a um, pick or another player that you feel is representative. I would prob I would want somewhere around two hundred six to two ten probably. Okay. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that would probably make that move, give up Goddard plus a mid to late second to get oh, Hawkinson, and they'd feel 100%. great about it. Yeah. I What did I get? Um, I believe I got Jerry Judy and the 109 Okay, for Hawkinson. I believe. Um, I'm just going to double check. Yeah. Does that mean you believe in, in Judy with Russ there? I know folks are kind of in either Camp Judy or uh, Sutton. Or do you feel yeah, like I think, Russ is good enough to support both? I think Sutton's really good, and I think Sutton is probably the biggest beneficiary. But I think Jerry Judy realistically can be a top 24 wide receiver. Yeah. And in general, right, we have like six or seven wide receiver ones and 40 wide receiver twos. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think Jerry's Jerry Judy's just going to hold his value um, through this season as well. So it doesn't really matter what he does. Um, yeah. But I think that so the trade ended up being Jerry Judy, the 109 and the 306. So I got oh, next okay. third. Yeah, a little added on little as well. Piece. And I gave up Hawkinson. Yeah. Nice. And you can maybe get Hawkinson's replacement as well if you throw a dart at a tight end in the third round, like you were saying before. Yeah. that's. I'm going to draft a ton of tight ends in this league. Um, I think I have quite a few seconds or a thirds and fourths. So that's nice. kind of my play. Nice. We've got dynasty super flex at dynasty super asks when the Bengals draft or says when the Bengals drafted Jamar chase last year, I was pissed. I had a stack of burrow Higgins and Mixon. I wanted an OL uh, to help Mixon and wanted Higgins to be the alpha. I thought this stack suffered from the pick. Then I drafted chase at the one Oh six on that same team. Now I'm happy. That is, that is a lot of Bengals. Um, Let's just take this down. Uh, if you had to, assuming this is a you know typical twelve team super flex, you had to move one of the bangles that he's got. Who are you moving first to diversify that team a little bit? Mixon. Yeah, yeah. What are you hoping to get back from Mixon at this point in his career? Um, I'm hoping to get 
um, a low end running back two and a 2023 first. So I would be looking at, so call this a little crazy um, because everyone thinks that the bills are going to draft a, we're running back in the first round, but I would take Devin Singletary in a 23 first. Yeah. For same. Joe Mixon. Same. I just traded Dalvin Cook for that exact trade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. For Singletary in the first. So I would I would have done it for just the first. But if I was competing yeah. and I was like, well, I might as yeah. well get a few points this year. Yep. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what I expect. I, I grew up in Western New York, so I'm I've been a Bills fan since they lost four in a row. Um, so it's, it's fun just to see them be good. And I, I have no idea where we'll go with this, but, uh, excited to see where they, they end up. Um, it's hard to see a running back round one though. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that. You know, they've got other, whether it's on the defensive side to, you know, cut into those 13 seconds or, uh, you know, something, something to replace some of the wide receiver talent, you know, they've got digs locked down nice, which I guess, uh, I guess that worked out for both of us. We got digs. I think, did you all end up using that pick on Jefferson? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yep. So we didn't have a first round pick that year. Um, we had traded it for someone. Can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that, that ended up working out. Uh, I would have loved Jefferson now knowing who he is now with, with right. Allen, but Diggs is Diggs is just fine. Love seeing that bromance happen. Um Ch- uh, Chase Gardner at Coach Chase G. Dynasty trade, Superflex, Titan Premium, PPR. He sent Kyler Murray. He got back your QB, Kirk Cousins, Travis Kelsey, a twenty and three twenty-four first in a second. Yeah, I'm gonna take the side with Cousins and three first round oh. picks. <laughs> yeah. uh, talk to me about a little bit about. I know this is projecting a little further out, but you do Debbie. So twenty-four. Um, who, who are you excited about in the twenty-four class? Uh, well, they have one very, very good running back. Um, his name is Trevion Henderson. Yep. Um, he's the running back for the Ohio State University. Uh, mm-hmm. That the was just for Shane because I didn't want to say that any other way. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he's very, very good. Um, you have two good quarterbacks uh, and Caleb Williams at USC, and I believe Quinn Ewers is, is going to be really, really good Okay. Um, at Texas. You have Texas's top wide receiver and Xavier Worthy, who people he's going to get the Devonta Smith treatment for sure um, because he's small. Okay. Um, and then you kind of get into this next wave of like, when are these players going to like truly hit? Right. Um, I think Braylon Allen hit at the end of this season, right? The running back from Wisconsin, Donovan Edwards, the running back at Michigan, Will Shipley, the running back at Clemson. Um, you have another good tight end in Brock Bowers, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Um, a lot of guys that I'm okay stocking up with those 24 picks because yeah. we're going to see a lot of good players perform in college football this season. Because yeah. um, Edwards has taken over his backfield. Allen is going to continue to eat. Um, we're going to see another quarterback emerge. Right, We see it every year. Um, another quarterback just come out of nothing and, and uh, emerge. And the best part is, is it doesn't even matter who you take right now because you're just going to accrue value. As you get closer yep. to that 24 draft, the value is just going to keep going up. So well done, because realistically, you're going to lose three and a half points per game, maybe from going down from Kyler to Kirk. And you're going to yep. add at least three and a half points from whatever tight end you had before yeah. to Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in tight end premium. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And just a reminder for anybody that's listening, uh, if you want to get more names and faces to go with some of those 24 picks, 
get into the uh, the Discord here. It's well worth the 25 bucks to be able to pop open. I started a couple of my first Debbie leagues this year. So being able to go in and look at the rankings between the three of you was really helpful when it came down to, you know, beyond the first few folks that were household names. So definitely encourage folks to get in there. Um, we've got yeah, one last it, one on the show sheet. Oh, go ahead. It, it's not just about the rankings either, right? The fact that you have now f- over 500 people that at any time can ch- chime in when you want to talk about your draft and what's going on with yes. your draft. Yep. And, and you know, you can always on Discord DM Nelly. You can DM me. You can DM Shane um, about any question you might have. If you happen to have league mates that are also in the Discord, <laughs> um, which yep. happens a lot. Um, yep, the probability like, oh, is increasing. The, the next guy also posted questions about this draft. Like, can I just DM one of these people? And the answer is 100% yes. Um, we'll always help. Um, so... It's it's just an absolute blast. Like just hop in the Discord. It's it's so fun. Um, and I think if you like analytics and you don't know where to find them, the fact that you get Nelly's analytics rankings and his entire analytics like spreadsheet, right? So if you're doing C two C stuff, he has stuff on every single player. You you want to know the rushing market share of the quarterback from East, West, North, Utah State correctional facility like it's in nelly's spreadsheet yeah. right yeah and it, so that's wild too it is was that I, I was listening to the last debbie marketplace where he had uh felix on there and yeah. he he got a name from y'all from the conversation that he was going to go home and and look up and get into which is how how in tune you know the group of you all are which is awesome so um i love that uh, I've got this last one here on the show sheet, and then I've got one more uh, that uh, I didn't put on here yet, but I, I hope it's not too too much there. But Cole Prevet uh, at Coleotastic, uh, a league question. In a Dynasty Work League, there's a person who's leaving the company. He, however, does not want to leave the league. If we have people that are waiting for a spot, presumably that work at the company, should he be allowed to keep it, or should he have to give it up to someone who still works for the company? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so two things. The first is a clarifying question. Um, if this is in any way a uh, Empire League, right? That would be my first question, right? Where the pot rolls over. Part of the pot rolls over mm-hmm. until someone wins twice in a row or two out of three years or whatever your rules are. Then no, this person can't be replaced. Right, because part of that money has that part of his money has been added to that pool every year. Um, so no. Um, if the assumption has been made, and there has always been talks that this is just a work league, right? And it's not like ten guys that work there, ten guys or gals, right, that work there, and like, oh, we need one more spot. So let, like Jeff from accounting, his brother likes fantasy football right if it ever got to that then like no you can't boot this guy um but i think if if it's just for company fun um i think it's bold that you went with a dynasty league instead of a redraft league Mm -hmm. for company fun (laughs) that's what i was thinking (laughs) just just want to put that out there um but i think if if it's right it's company so it's probably not a huge buy-in um, I would just keep it company. That's just yep. me. It, it's with the assumption that that it's just the company. 
Um, but you know, if if this dude's like really cool, and you're like, yeah, I don't mind him being in there, then like, so be it. But like, the fun part is, is you have um, eleven people to make that decision. Yeah. Right. So pose it to the people in that league. Who cares about who's wanting to join? Um, that doesn't matter. Um, talk to the eleven people in the league. They all have an equal voice. So yep. that's what I, I love that. Do. I love that. Uh, Twitter, for the record, said he should be able to keep his spot two to one almost uh, over a new owner. But yeah, and that is such a such a good point. Yeah, it's the league that you all started together. So uh, sort that out. Uh, we can't make that decision for you because we have no idea what the rest of the context is. Like uh, Kane started with, I, I didn't even think about the idea that it could be an empire or something that's got rollover stuff. So. Um, last thing that, that came to mind, just as a, uh, knowing that you're, you're deep in the, the college side of things here. Um, maybe you've put some, uh, something out before, but, uh, I haven't gotten a hold of it yet. Do you see much connection or impact from, uh, the changes in the, the transfer portal and how that's affecting guys being ready for the NFL? If that's um, helping them, hurting them. I think it only helps, right? I don't think. Um, it it hurts anyone, right? It's like the old Biden quote, right? Where it's like, it helps the economy, helps everybody, hurts nobody, right? Like that that quote that we heard all the time, right? Yeah. Um, I, that's how I feel about the transfer portal. Like, I think, I think it helps everyone on that team when someone good and like can contribute to their team comes in. It helps everyone, right? Um, the the addition of Jamison Williams to from Ohio State to Alabama helped everyone on that team, right? Without Jamison Williams, yeah. do they even sniff coming close to a national championship? No, they don't. They didn't have the wide receiver depth. So I think that's the biggest thing for me, right? Is it it helps everyone? Sure, it's gonna. Um, it, there's a chance it could delay a few freshmen playing early or a few sophomores playing, but um, if they were really, really good, they wouldn't have gotten someone out of the transfer portal. Yep. And they also oh. then have the opportunity themselves if they feel like right. they're good enough to, to go somewhere else. Yeah. 100%. I love that perspective. Um, I, I am not as uh, in tune with uh, what some of the, the politics or the impact of that could be, but I, I agree at face value. I think more competition is good for something that is typically a, a meritocracy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm cool with the transfer portal right now. I think I'm much happier that it's not a delayed year like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just helps everyone a whole lot more because, right? You're, you're asking players to like believe in a coach, and then the coach can leave and still coach that next year, but the yep. player can't do the same. It, it was a weird, yeah, inconsistency there. Weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um. I appreciate you coming on, Kane, and uh, I'd love to give you just a minute here, share. I know we've talked about the Discord a little bit, but anything else that you're working on or, uh, you know, give people a, a direct direct bite here of uh, the podcasts that you're you're working through? Yeah, so the Debbie Marketplace is, is our uh, really fun one um, where we look at Debbie values, we look at Dynasty values, we look at C2C values, and we just talk about it and have a good time. Um, you know, so that's the one that we do with, Shane and I and Nelly's been joining us a lot more frequently, which has been an absolute blast. 
Um, and then that's where we have that discord with just a great group of people um, that always just want to talk football and also want to just talk nonsense. You know, when I randomly yeah. ask a question, like, what's the bougiest thing you can pay someone to do for you? <laughs> uh, you know, like, because those are the thoughts that go through my head constantly. Um, so, so, you know, it's just a fun time over there. Um, and then, you know, I do uh, Dynasty Wall Street for yeah. the Dynasty Trade Calculator um, with John Bosch and uh, Russ Fisher or Dynasty Outhouse, as people might know him by. Um, and we have just an absolute blast uh, doing that. Um, and we get to record that during the day, which is even more fun um, that we get to take a break from work and like just talk about football um, once a week with some friends. So, um, yeah, those are the things that we're doing. Um, you know, it's an absolute blast. So make sure you check out the discord and uh, and yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I definitely appreciate getting to talk football um, with someone that wants to talk back about it. Rather than my wife just like giving me the nod, I feel like she's gonna need like, you know, a trip to the chiropractor because she just nods <laughs> and goes like, "Okay, cool," you know. It's good that she humors you. That's important. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah, and as far as the Discord goes as well, I mean, there's a great channel there for pets for everybody that has pet pictures. Yes. See a bunch of food. So I know before we got on here, you're talking about a little bit of warm weather coming, uh, and I think you answered it in twitter but the uh your your 101 of of meats to smoke chicken thighs yeah um for a lot of reasons right um the first reason is i know we all get into smoking meats because we want something that's going to take a while right it gives us an excuse to get outside gives us an excuse to like do stuff right yep but not every day do we want to make a 14 hour brisket not every day do we want to spend seven eight hours on ribs sometimes we just want to you know get the smoker really hot throw on some chicken thighs let them cook for an hour hour and a half and take them off sometimes that's all we want um and chicken thighs are just perfect um especially if you can if you have a weight right i have a traeger so it's a lot easier for me okay. to do temperature controlled stuff so i can just turn up the heat at the end and make sure i get really crispy skin nice yep on the outside because nothing's worse than like biting into a chicken thigh and the skin being well the skin coming with you with every yep. bite rather than like actually being able to bite it um so that's probably my favorite thing but besides that i love ribs i don't yeah. ribs are just too good like I, every time I eat ribs, I'm like, yep, I want some more. Every They're time. that perfect blend for me. There are some foods like, like lob, uh, not lobster, like crab legs and stuff where it's, it's too much work to get to the meat and it, the payoff doesn't seem to be there. Ribs are that nice balance for me where I can slow down, I can enjoy savor and I'm just not like stuffing my face. Like I do with some, like a burger or a steak or something like that. So, uh, are well, you, and, uh, and when you're making ribs at home too, right, you're, you're, them long enough so they're tender and they just fall right off the bone yeah. so like you don't even have to like go through all the work right of you like peeling you can literally just grab one bone grab a fork and it's just yep. gonna come off right and that that's great so my wife size. hates yeah my wife hates like eating ribs because when we're around other people because they're just messy oh, but when you can make them so they just fall off the bone it, it's worth it yeah that's awesome well uh thanks so much for all the the insight i know we typically don't get into debbie in college so it's great to be able to give uh, some of our listeners a, a little shake up here and have somebody that uh is knee deep in this stuff day to day um so thank you so much for anybody who is listening to us this whole time it's been an hour of 
uh, a lot of different things all over the board here. Some really good insight from Kane and some best practices. Uh, can't wait to see all of the um, draft day posts next week. So put those out there and we'd love to hear who is your no matter what person. Uh, so let us know who that is. But thank you to the Dynasty Addicts podcast. Thanks, Russ Fisher. You mentioned him. So Dynasty Outhouse put all this together for us. Um, thank you all who are watching on YouTube. A couple of folks here that have been jumping in and out of the chat, which has been a lot of fun. Some good insights. And uh, Ridley Truther did share. Those are all mocks. So he's not committed to those 11 or, or 10 of those 11 were mocks. So uh, a little less commitment there. But thank you again. And with that, we are out of here. Late.